Hello, Namaste. I welcome you all to the 91st session of Guru Bodha. Uh, I welcome you all to this session. And we have with us today, Dr. M.B. Guraja, sir. On behalf of us, all of us students, I cordially welcome Dr. M.B. Guraja, sir, to this session. Good evening and Namaste, sir. This session is brought to you by easyayurveda.com. I dedicate this and all of my works at the holy feet of Dr. H. Chandrasekhar Rudupa. This class is made live for Easy Ayurveda weekly class subscribers. To sign up, please go to easyayurveda.com slash video dash classes. Dr. Guraja sir runs Dhawala Pentacare Ayurveda Treatment Center in Shumoga. To consult him or to get his case, his guidance on case-to-case -case basis, please visit easyayurveda.com slash gururaja. He is also, Dr. Guraja sir is also recognized as guru, like official guru by Rashi Ayurveda Vidya Pit. And he does uh, offer internship through that uh, RAV program as well. Coming to the questions, we are just continuing with the last uh, session's qu questions. We covered like emergency medicines for respiratory distress, asthma, etc. And coming to a, a case of hypoglycemia or hyperglycemia. One of the challenges uh, with this is most of the symptoms when a person he comes with uh, you know the symptoms hypo and hyperglycemia symptoms often uh, match with each other and uh, a lot of history also needs to be taken to really decide what exactly to be done at that time and uh, coming to the symptoms of uh, hypoglycemia a few of them are hypoglycemia lowered blood sugar level it can happen when, for example, a, a patient of diabetes has overdosed on di diabetic medicine or a patient of diabetes has taken the medicines, but he is on fasting. So he can look pale, shakiness, sweating, headache, hunger, or uh, vomiting sensation, irregular uh, or fast heartbeat. So, I mean, all these also matches with many other conditions like uh, even in a heart attack also person may have these type of symptoms next is hyperglycemia where the blood sugar level is shooting up this can happen uh, due to say you know, uh, increased sugar intake or decreased medicine dosage and many other causes so listing out a few symptoms here increased thirst and dry mouth needing to visiting washroom frequently tiredness blurred vision unintentional weight loss this blurred vision happens both in hypo and hyper as well so one standard practice that uh, that is done in the hospital setup is first we go to uh, i mean so, soon after we discover we doubt that there is the can be sugar imbalance that is causing this blood sugar level imbalance that is causing these symptoms usually first before doing anything immediately like within seconds the blood sugar test is done that that can be done like uh, in prick test and there are many sophisticated uh, testing machines are there uh, that that are commonly used and first the blood test is done to determine whether it's hypo and hyper and then the treatment is given if you just go by the symptoms and think that it is hypo or hyper and just we do the guesswork we may be harming the patient rather than helping him guru sir uh, how to go about this usually a patient of hypoglycemia will definitely have like the shakiness the sweating headache and all those things will be there but important feature if it is a very clear hypoglycemia sweating is the cardinal feature there whereas in case of hyperglycemia that sweating will not be there that is the one which can easily identify between these two 
hypoglycemia and hyperglycemia. So of course, whenever a patient comes, he is alone, he is unable to respond to our queries. There is no attender along with him. Then it's only way is to check out the immediate random blood sugar. And usually the, that is by prick test and it gives you a clear idea whether the patient really in hyperglycemia or hypoglycemia. One time it so happened when I was in my internship. I was working as a duty doctor in one of the hospitals, Bangalore. It was a rainy day out and uh, people have brought uh, one uh, fellow totally unconscious, totally wet in the rain because he was drenched, because he was fallen uh, you know, unconscious at the road. So the bus buyers, they have taken, uh, taken that fellow to the hospital. So I was attending him in the, in the emergency war room or the, what you call as a emergency ward. Then uh, they identified the, our senior doctors were there. They said it is, we don't know what exactly the thing and we don't know the history. The only thing is because the, uh, those who are accompanying the patient, they're also not known to him. So they even did, they, they can't uh, contribute anything to history. So to rule out whether it is right or not, hypoglycemia or hyperglycemia, you, can, you cannot go even for the sweating thing because you are totally drenched in the rain. Whether it is the, due to sweating or which is due to rain, we don't know that we can't do it. Identify them or separate them. So based on these parameters, then they, they said it, straight away go for a random blood sugar test. When they tested it, it was very low, below 50, something around 40 or something like that. So then suddenly, they infused 50%, I mean 25% of dextrose. Within a few minutes, patient got movement and he just sat down and later slowly he recovered from his condition. So that's the way we need to understand and certain important things can be done. Of course, we find that the thing, if patient is not unconscious, then we can go for uh, directly asking him to consume some sweets or glucose straight away. But patient is unconscious, then we don't have any other option that we need to go for intravenous after checking through the RBS. Uh, yes, sir. And if the patient is conscious, then oral glucose or some sugar or just, just sugar solution, that, that also helps to revive the patient within, say, a minute. And, uh, and coming to this hyperglycemia where this increased thirst and dry mouth and uh, frequent urination, blood vision, and unintentional weight loss, increased thirst, etc. Like, I mean, if the patient is in the form of a shock, is there something that can be given orally in Ayurveda or better to, um, once we know that the blood sugar, random blood sugar level is, say, for example, above 300 or above 400 mg per dl, what, what can be done on the spot or better to refer the case? Usually, we have seen even our OPDs, Many times people with hyperglycemia, they'll come. It's more than 400 also in my clinic only I have seen. But that person doesn't have any of the issues because his issue was not resolving skin condition. There was a tinea infection. It is not resolving at all. And he is losing the weight. Otherwise, he was very much oriented and conscious and he was responding very neatly to the things. But when I checked, it was RBS is more than 400. So even I have seen one patient with RBS is above 600 because the machine is able to find out up to 600 mg per uh, deciliter mg per deciliter even it is showing that unable to die, very high it is showing that means it is above 600 even in that condition also patient is walking is talking is well oriented so it may depend from person to person regarding the hyperglycemia then there will be something like that of the, that nature but in those conditions we don't have anything which can be instantaneously gives result. Looking at the blood sugar levels of that high, it is better to go for insulin injections so that 
temporarily they can come down later we can switch over to uh, whichever the suitable uh, medicines oral medicines then we can have our role there yeah i mean when it is like i mean till severe yes i to have seen uh, rbs being more than 500 550 they would would come normal i mean only only in very rare cases they go up to the event of coma when at that time we, even if we diagnose it as like hyperglycemia nothing can be done on the spot because the patient is already in the coma and uh, referral is the best strategy there and there's a question here that is there any uh, difference of sim symptoms between men and women if yes what are they according to yale medicine there is no big uh, difference between the men and women symptoms especially, especially with the hyper hyperglycemia and the line of treatment etc even the symptomatology wouldn't change just because of the change in the gender and so that that pretty much solves the hypo and hyperglycemia and so and you know probably we'll take up this diabetes as a separate uh, event i mean separate discussion topic so suppose if say hypo hyperglycemia and you know if rbs is say 550 md per dl but the patient is uh, like uh, responding well and you know looks normal albeit with some diabetes symptoms obviously because it is too high and there can be some chances of say Anna, you know, some some cases of emergencies sometime in future before he actually goes and gets his all the tests done etc is it wise to start something with say hyponade or nishakatakari kashayam etc like on the on the go itself right from the that day itself so that you know it doesn't go higher or you know we may advise him to as a client patient to go and get the other tests done but he may or may not follow our advice maybe due to financial uh, uh, reasons etc uh, is it wise to i mean if, if we get get rbs as 550s definitely his fbs is also say very high we do not know exactly what but is it is it okay to at least start with some say nishakatakari uh, uh, kashayam uh, right from the get go just to keep keep avoid it go, going any further higher yes definitely even I have treated such cases. That's what I said when uh, one of the cases was uh, around five, uh, 500 and above range. It was quite normal. He uh, walked into the OPD and he walked everything and everywhere and he just spoke to me in a very normal way. And his uh, conversation with me was also normal and everything was normal. But the only thing is the RBS was very high. But and it was the uh, first time it was detected for him. He, were, he never knew that he had a diabetes. And in that case, I have started Nishakatakati Kashaya and uh, even uh, Capsule Diapen. I started immediately and asked him to go for the HbA1c later. So this is what uh, it has done and uh, very he neatly responded to this condition in uh, medication. And uh, next by next one month, it was totally under control. Yes, and uh, I also seen cases like, uh, it is like hyperglycemia and RBS is like above. 500 and all uh, and the patient was not diagnosed as diabetic previously it's quite normal for the person to have a like very high rbs in the first instance because uh, he he was never thought of him him himself or herself being diabetic he'll be indulging all the normal uh, dietary habits uh, like taking sugar going to uh, festivals and you know having uh, having some sugar dinner all, all those things will be normal and because that is normal in the initial uh rbs or even fbs or ppbs that we do if that comes higher 
we cannot decide that oh he needs, requires insulin such a type of higher type of uh, uh, you know risk elevation or uh, risk detection is not required and we can start with say oral hy hy hypoglycemic agents and give them time maybe like like in your case uh, like you gave, gave like one month then you know it slowly introduce the exercise and the diet etc and then take further steps only after say two to three months of continuous sugar monitoring just because the first time RBS gave the result of 550 doesn't mean that we have to be very hyper aggressive. Definitely. I've even uh, many times I've seen uh, recently also one of the cases which I posted earlier, which took almost uh, four months to respond for his uh, tinea, fungal infection, it groin and the back. He was not knowing that he was a diabetic. When I checked his, his uh, RBS was uh, above 400. Then along with the treatment for the diabetes, I had given a treatment for the tinea. Then it almost uh, it came to control, the diabetes was controlled in the initial stages. Then his uh, tinea came into control. By four month end of the treatment, so it was totally clear and he was his um, sugar levels are also normal and his tinea was totally gone. So like that, if it is a 400, 500, there is no need to worry. Only along with that values, if patient is showing certain uh, emergency situations or symptoms, or signs, then it is better to go for an aggressive action or you can send the patient to higher center for an center for uh, appropriate care. Otherwise, we can handle with our own medicines because we have got a plentifully such type of uh, very fast responding medicines compared to like Madhumaya Rakwata and Nishakatakadi Kashaya and we have even a diabetes capsule and we have got Nisha, Nishamalaki tablets and of course, with the Nisham like is compared to like one, we have got a very beautiful uh, Insol N tablet. So they do yes, uh, wonder uh, responses. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have good amount of uh, this, and uh, often these are used as combination. Like uh, Guru Sir gave this example here, the diapent and Nishakadakadi were used in combination. And uh, yeah, I mean the fact. Or when we start the treatment for initial few weeks to few months, the sign to observe is whether the blood sugar level is continuously getting under control gradually or it is not responding at all. Stable at the, at the top level and whatever we are giving is not yielding results in about say two to four months of time, maybe three, two to four or two to five, uh, that depends on your experience. Uh, so of time, then we can escalate the situation to a, a, you know, a higher level. Other than that, we can manage very well the diabetes under uh, this one. Uh, of course, the, the, the whole thing differs when uh, when the person is totally diagnosed as a insulin dependent uh, diabetic. And uh, there is a question in the comment box here. So, are hyper hypoglycemia or early stage of diabetes? It cannot be said like that because even a normal person working under a healthy person who is not diabetic working under extreme hot sun for example in summer or taking part in marathon also can get uh, hypoglycemia uh, lower blood sugar level because he has he's fasting and he's running so blood sugar is stock in the body is uh, used up so that can be a situation whereas hyperglycemia is often is more, more commonly associated with uh, diabetes so and and there's a question here sir that uh, can we suggest nisha katakadi to all diabetic patients or is there any protocol to it sir or let me put it in another way if we are considering say nisha katakadi standalone till what level of say fbs or PPBS or HbA1c can it handle and uh, beyond that level we may have to add any other medicine is there any uh, playbook uh, sir in in my playbook Nisha Katakadi 
if if you want to line up for example there's this nisha malaki churna nisha katakadi kashaya and then uh, comes the uh, various combinations here it can be even sometimes rasaushadis or even say chandraprabha vati and all okay gura sir has joined back so uh, yes sir so nisha nisha katakadi stand alone till what level of uh, blood sugar level uh, can be prescribed nisha katakadi kashaya as well as madhumeha rakwata these two are very beautifully we can use it even up to 500 550 ranges also we can use it within the first 15 days only the things will come down around to 300 and next with a good control on the diet definitely by one month end it will come below 200 so this is what i have observed in very drastic and very you know uncontrolled type of diabetes many times but those who could able to control or particularly have a control over their diet definitely they will have a very good outcome compared to those who are not taking care of their diet only they are dependent on medicine they want medicine to do everything so such type of people result may be very otherwise those who control their diet definitely with these medicines the outcome will be better and many times these people those who are diagnosed for the first time are already sometime they are diagnosed and they are taking the medicine still it is going that way then they don't want to turn towards the modern medicine or thing because they want to take it for a chance to with the ayush type of medicines or ayurveda medicines once it is somewhat better then they can feel like that so there are so many people they can straight away uh, wishes to take ayurveda medicines even in that high um, level of blood sugars and it is i never seen that any such high blood sugar i could not able to control it or reduce it by our medications i have not come across such cases most of the cases usually they respond normally to our medication so in in which case say for example nishakadkadi and diapent where at what level the necessity to add an extra diapent comes into picture sir at what level see there are uh, two type of things one is uh, aqueous soluble readily absorbable material the other one is a powder format many times we know that whatever the liquid we give it in the form of kashaya and all those things there will be lot of inhibition in the pathways for the absorption many times even after that only 30% to 40% could be able to be absorbed by the body that's why the acharyas have developed the lipid soluble material that can reach further better so in that understanding very typically if a patient weight is around 50 and odd usually with a such high type of sugar levels i go with 10 ml of madhumeha rakwata arnisha katakadi kwata thrice a day after food and diabent capsule either 111 or if it is required then 202 after food this i usually i'll go for first 10 days to 15 days and within that time definitely if the sugar is under control then definitely when he comes back with the uh, 10 days of course definitely is the bhisar or body weight will be increased that gives me an idea that sugar has been controlled if blood sugar levels are controlled from 500 to it reduces to 300 then definitely his body weight will gain because when there is a too much of sugar in the blood he is to lose those sugar and his body weight is going down he is losing the body weight once it is the process is reversed definitely his body weight will gain 
that is a clear indication that person is responding or person's body is responding to the medication and even the management uh, there's a question like whether can nisha katakadi or nisha malaki be taken as preventive in pre diabetic condition as much as i have seen this uh, nisha malaka nisha malaki is a combination of simple amla plus turmeric and uh, this stand alone if someone is pre diabetic and if he give proper diet and uh, dietary lifestyle advice make him to move around exercise control on the number of calories that is taking per day sugar all the things glucose level and what not uh, i found that nishamalaki as such is good enough at least in the pre diabetic stage uh, your opinion on this sir because nishamalaki contains only two ingredients nisha and amalaki which both are we can use it in a daily basis it doesn't harm you anyway even non diabetic person can also take nishamalaki it has got many much, much other uh, reasons i mean uh, actions in the body nisha is haridra turmeric and amalaki is uh, indian gooseberries and both are rasayana in nature so it on the purpose of rasayana also it can be used so it doesn't mean that it is only given to a diabetic or a pre diabetic even it can be taken by, by the non diabetic person also but being nishamalaki it is a comparatively a weaker drug when compared to other combinations so it can be given in the initial stages of diabetes or hyperglycemia and such conditions at a pre diabetic stage what you can they you can call it but alone nishamalaki cannot be taken or I mean used to control things some other things like chandrabhavati or something required to maybe combining these things with that then only it will come to help and of course it definitely all depends on where exactly the blood sugar levels of a person is depend on that the dose can be managed whereas nisha katakadi kashaya it is better to be used in a diabetic or a pre diabetic condition where the blood sugars are high but there is no urine sugar in those conditions nisha katakadi kashaya can be used yeah nishamalaki in which conditions is to be suggested is already clear in pre diabetic pre diabetic it can be used and before food versus after food of oral ayurvedic medicines do you have any uh, any guidelines or where you you would go before food or after food particularly this nisha katakadi kashaya or madhumehara kashaya or any kashaya for per se is technically as said by acharyas and even to the books if it is given before food that will be good but many a time i have come across when this is been given on a empty stomach patient later on says that i have lost the interest in the food i don't want to consume the food my appetite has come down after taking this such type of complaints i used to get in the initial days so then i changed the plan to use it after food so now most of my patient i'll give it these kashayas also after the food i am getting the results but no such complaint from the patient that I, my appetite has been sluggish because of a medication or my appetite has gone down no such complaints are uh, some negatives from the patients so that's why i have kept my present um, prescribing method particularly for these pre diabetic and diabetic patients that i used to give my all medicines of ayurveda post food i never give it in a uh, empty stomach really in these cases yeah uh, thank you this and uh, 
and in the last session we discussed regarding the dhumpana uh, with uh, haridra can it be taken by pregnant lady or not definitely it can be taken but under the guidance of a physician and in a controlled manner because if a person doesn't know how much haridra should be put on the diet and we don't know the exact um, no allergic nature of that lady who is pregnant and if something is taken extra as dhumpana then if she develops a continuous sneezing or something like that or cough then it will be having a continuous jerky motion on the diaphragm which is exerting on the uh, uterus that is maybe counterproductive in some cases so we should be very 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 cautious while handling these type of cases because if there is a congestion and all those things there are better other ways to do it why you want to go with the haridra in the form of a fumes but having said that if you are able to control the outcomes or you can have a capacity to remove the fumes away from her or take her away with only that controlled nature if you are able to do that then definitely haridra smoke can be given that's what last time dr rajnikanth patel was telling that again putting haridra on the tawa roti tawa that's the best method you can do it once it is there you can smell it and if otherwise you can go away from that or even tawa can be taken off the flames that's a better thing we can do it but but it is always done under the guidance and under the control of a physician not you cannot do it at a home particularly in this type of case pregnancy thank you there sir and uh, there is another question which which came over with last time can trikatu dupana be done for swollen tonsils or recurrent tonsil infections probably a gargle with say turmeric salt and lukewarm water is better than depending on trikadudupana when there is already inflammation your opinion sir please yeah but it can be taken even along with what you said now salt and turmeric along with that you can add even to that trikadachurna gargle it so it will some irritation will be there but it helps the local secretions to come out and it also reduces the swelling so that can be done can we do nasya karma at night at 11 o'clock it depends on the time of the year and the place where you are living what is the atmospheric condition where it is a dry winter or a harsh winter it's a dry summer or a wet rainy season all these things will come into play can do pratimarsha nasya at night but not other type of nasyas are not actually going to support us in any way only pratimarsha nasya can be done and pratimarsha nasya kala is uh, that is given multiple times in a day so i mean that can be done but uh, uh, if, if it is rainy cloudy and extreme winter usually that can be avoided yeah because the nasya the nasya medicine has to enter deep and give the results what for for which we are giving and with the cloudy rainy thing with the shita guna it closes the body channels especially in the head and neck region so that may cause some obstruction or it would not give the desired desired result but nasya with rechana property can like one which is having a very katu pungent nature nasya can be given in a cold condition also in order to remove the content from the nose or the person after the getting nasya this rechana nasya then he may go on continuously sneezing out and uh, remove the lot of watery content and mucus materials from the nose it may reduce his congestion and even the headache but that depends on the strength of the person rogi rogi bala should be good and condition should be supporting there should be congestion and kapha in the upper uh, shirobaga and uh, nasal region then only you can use it 
Straight away, ginger can be taken. Ginger, the few drops of ginger can be taken with tilapaila uh, mixed and you can take it in. I mean, even the drona pushpi rasa can be taken. That does, you know, tulsi rasa can be They are all very, very irritant and pungent. The patient should be able to tolerate those things. You cannot do it in a Sukumara Purusha, then it will become a very headache. Instead of yeah, support, you relief, it will give you a lot of trouble and the patient may be worrying and he may give you in turn trouble to you. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you there. And, and, and there's this question on Purana Grita. Like, if I want to prepare it for next generation, how to store it? Just to give a context on Purana Grita, there is this concept of Nava and Purana. Nava means new or collected and preserved up to one year. This reference is there both in Bhava Prakash and also in Sarangara uh, Samhita. And Purana, say Purana Shali, etc. is told is uh, like old rice. The general meaning of it is if it is one year old, then it is called as Purana. With the respect to ghee, its uh, qualities, etc., gets enhanced, and ghee can be stored for more than a year. One year ghee is stored, 10 years uh, uh, stored ghee is stored, even 100 years ghee is also told, which is probably called as Prapurana Ghrita. So, and these are told with like specific benefits. They do not throw it for old, they do not have the normal properties of ghee, but they are very much sought after for especially neuropsychiatric conditions. And uh, yeah, they're, they're used in Ulmada, Apasmara, all, all those disorders. So it's very, very well sought after. So as an Ayurveda practitioner, it's, it's a good habit to like store ghee. But the question is like how to store uh, so that it is well preserved with all its qualities. Uh, any tips here, sir? So one is you can make an airtight glass vessel, which is amber glass. In that also you can store it. Second thing is any stainless steel vessel with the airtight lid it can also be done. But if you want to go fully traditionally, then we have got a, a typical Rutpatra or Mardan pot, which is not porous and it is not rough from outside and inside. It will be very neat and shiny and it is it's called as Chikana Gada in Hindi. So that type of things are used to store it in a traditional manner. And it all, all these three will retain the qualities of the ghee. So do you recommend uh, storing it underground like how this Aswa and Aristar done at least the or just normal storage is good enough? If it is uh, provision is there, then definitely you can go for it. But thing is, we have seen in many of the places it is kept as it is in the open air in uh, above the ground. It is not below the ground. The things are maintained. We have got one uh, temple in uh, Gujarat. They have kept the ghee so, for so many years because there the people are contributing to God. Some Kameshwaras uh, temple or Rameshwar temple, something is there in Gujarat. There they will keep a ghee continuously for the, and, uh, the, the Deepa will be, they will be prajwalita every, and it will be 24 hours in a day and 365 days without um, stoppage. So they will be pouring that ghee and using for that purposes and they have stored it and it is just above the ground only with that what I said, the traditional earthen pots, very smooth pots and they were uh, non-porous. Such type of things are there. Definitely you can use it. We have seen even uh, we have in uh, nearby my place also one of the fellow is by out of his curiosity he is keeping a mud um, somewhat a small vessel like uh, 300 to 500 grams of grita can be stored such type of things he has kept for many many years many times so and he has uh, just uh, labeled it on the thing that when it is uh, packed and he is keeping that one and what is the purpose 
He said, somebody in future may utilize it. Uh, let me do that. He is doing with that intention. Yeah, nevertheless, it is, it is a good uh, uh, good thing to store for long. And if, even uh, uh, lighting the lamp with ghee as uh, this one in place of oil is also considered as auspicious. And uh, so it, it probably storing it for long is also a good good practice for all the practitioners to uh, inculcate. Coming to a few questions come back, which are come here. So what are the immediate uh, treatment for mouth ulcer? A person with severe mouth ulcers have come. A, a few things that you that come into your mind as the remedies, sir, please. If you are outside your clinic and somewhere outside and somebody comes and some home, something like that, or some function, if somebody asks you, then if it is a clearly mukapaka or mouth ulcers or aptus ulcers, in that condition, the first choice, because we don't have any medication there, then the first choice is honey. If you have got honey, just apply honey, lepana repeatedly. That can be done. That's point number one. And if you are in, if it is in your uh, OPD or your uh, hospital, then we have got plenty of things available in the market like Chlodita Gairika with Grutha or Madhu. It can be given. And one of the company also produces in that sense with the Chlodita Gairika in the name of Stomatab. And that Stomatab also comes in the form of capsule as well as it also comes in the form of a gel for local application. Still, if you are outside in a rural setup and something like that, then if you could be able to find out Jati as a one of the variety of Jati Patra, Jasminum variety, if you could be able to identify that Jasminum officinarum, botanically, Jasminum officinarum, that one in Canada it is called as Jaji Mallige, and the leaves of that plant are quite good to the mouth ulcer. And the last option is if you have got any mouth ulcer of our ulceration due to radiation and something like that are a repeated uh, ulcerations mouth ulcers then the other choice is estimadu churna not uh, that it is not jasminum uh, officinarum i get all the flowers but plants yeah the flowers one which is very elongated and single layer petal something like um, you know arrow and leaves of this plant are used just like take few leaves Chew it in the mouth, keep it in the mouth, and it gives you soothing effect. And as well as very early, it will heal. So, and spinach is also chewed. Uh, like raw spinach chewing is also a way of just that mucilaginous thing heals it a little faster. That mucilaginous thing only gives you just gel-like protection layer. It uh, avoids burning sensation. But for a purpose of healing, Jati Patra is one of the best one. Actually, if you get it, then comes the last one. What I said for the radiation-related mouth ulcers or the or, um, candida, something like that something like that in that related. Uh, then estimadu churna is the best one. Estimadu churna in the form of kshirapaka uh, can be used for mouth gargling as well as even for drinking. Kerry has asked, can we heat water fast and then lower the flame prior to adding herbs, etc. Kerry, uh, brother, if if you have the question in. Uh, a little bit more detail it will be helpful in in what context whether in preparing kashaya or infusion etc it will be helpful and uh, there's an, another practical question on nasya we ask to discontinue if nasya burns the nasal passage what can be the reason for burning sensation and how do you decide the right medicine in that situation very simple for what purpose we are doing nasya 
the patient is having a nasal congestion and uh, blockage is there and it is due to kapha we need to remove that one so that's why we are trying to give such a type of drugs which are ushna tikshna in nature like shruti drona pushpi tulsi and such other things in the form of either with honey or with the grita or with the thyla mixing it and we are using it as a drops nasal drops and these things definitely they cause irritation when they cause irritation means we are expecting it and it is irritating only when the patient is unable to uh, tolerate that irritation then only we need to go for some soothing effect something which we give as a soothing one definitely it won't remove the kapha and it won't serve our purpose here whenever there is a congestion and a blockage kapha is more in that part then we need to remove that kapha then you need to convert kapha into watery nature for that purpose it is always katu tikshna gunadravya should be used that's the reason we use ginger drona pushpi tulsi or something like that they are all comparatively local irritant we know it but if patient is unable to control that then tolerate that uh, irritation then we need to go for some soothing things and in that soothing things you can go directly with the maplain little bit of um, no honey to the nostrils or even to the coconut oil something like that it will soothe any things okay how do we decide what dosha is predominant in dashana so that that depends on like that is entirely a diagnostic uh, thing and with kapha increase it indicates that there is productive cough or sputum production with heaviness and sinusitis all those things indicate there is kapha increase and moving on here there is a nasal congestion associated with heaviness in the head indicate there is a kapha in the root nasal congestion plus heaviness in the head these two are very important we can understand with this the kapha is involved if the patient is having pain in the head along with that burning sensation in the eyes and nose then it is pitta is involved but when there is no congestion there then there is only pitta dominant then we need to go for a something which is coolant in nature used as nasya in that the first one is ghee and moving on to the next question does the use of wheat grass juice for health have any ayurvedic background when in Uh, just to give a context when uh, in the 80s and 90s especially in india the health consciousness was not that much there now everybody wants to exercise everybody wants to you know who, who those who can afford want to buy organic materials and organic food and other things are coming up and supplements taking supplements and made, taking a lot of care for the health has become a trend as of now it is it is not the not so previously and suddenly in the in the mid 1990s when uh, these cricketers started becoming very famous and uh, fitness also become became a fad with the cricketers etc there's a big uh, uh, debate uh, when uh, rahul dravid uh, how he meant his energy he said uh, i think he said or he was quoted as saying I, i'm not sure about that but he said that wheat grass juice is uh, is making him it is helping him with uh, is a stamina especially in the, in the test cricket where uh, he has to perform uh, to a very high extent uh, you know he has to bat for many days together so is it a super food or you know can wheat wheat grass juice uh, has any background or can it be mixed with uh, ayurvedic diet regimen your thoughts on this sir, please i don't know why i i am always uh, away from this wheat grass juice or something like that because it remains me somewhere down the line that ayurveda never recommended to go for yag acharyas mentioned lot of uh, the qualities of mamsa everything but they never even they mentioned about the the capacity or the balyaness of the of the chicken hen 
but they didn't understand uh, they didn't explain about yag very typically similarly they refused us to uh, take sprouted grains and even the wheat grains fall under that category very clearly whenever uh, something which is very young is growing by nature from the genetics or something like that plant or the animal is trying to prepare some immunoglobulins in that young one and which will be protecting its life for the future and if such when there is a huge amount of immunoglobulin or something like stimulants or some protectors of that mechanism and we consume them at that stage sometimes it may be helpful to us or sometimes it becomes a counterproductive and we may develop a lot of issues that's the reason you observe that whenever we consume that is the you know ginnu we call it in kannada the, the first uh, colostrum milk that also causes lot of issues with some people even some people will develop allergic bronchitis out of that after consuming that so very clearly these things are very much related to one another so usually i don't recommend anybody to go for uh, consumption of more and more eggs or wheat grass or uh, spotted grains and all those things because i don't have a supporting background data from the classical text to support the use of it yes sir. and yeah, i mean with the sprouts and also like i mean this this siridania so I mean, not exactly uh, falling into this but now whatever is becomes like a fad diet it needs to be taken with a lot of care and there was an article written by an ayurveda doctor a, a famous eye specialist from southern part of india unfortunately we lost and he's like world famous and has done thousands of surgeries even he 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 did eye surgery to, i mean cataract surgery remember that so he 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 died untimely meaning in in his mid 60s he died i had seen him recently in an in an airport he was looking if he was looking very at that time like uh, very skinny like unhealthy ish thin and somebody wrote this this either doctor who wrote an article on that said that he that particular big ayurveda doctor from karnataka who unfortunately died he was into too much into say millet diet and raw uh, raw fruit and uh, you know vegetable uh, juices and uh, you know the gluten less gluten free diet fad uh, etc that to all these things were introduced into his diet probably he that i read the doctor who wrote this article was observing this ophthalmologist uh, up and close I, i believe because he has written all the things gluten free diet and you know avoiding rice and avoiding milk you know all, all these things just to lose weight and you know i want to adopt healthy living and you know i i, I would even avoid saying ghee uh, buttermilk all those things and i would suddenly become health conscious and do this rapid thing and his theory it was that increase of dryness or ruksha quality in him would have made his uh, blood vessels and, and also the brain etc very dry and ultimately it took his life i mean we cannot say that you know that arthromelis died due to this particular reason uh, but uh, you know they they told even the raw vegetable juices are not so very much recommended in ayurveda i mean they are cooked and even the green leafy vegetables uh, shakas they are explained and there there lot of ifs and buts conditions when to use where etc so i mean these fats may come and go but better to 
have a shastric reference uh, whenever possible and then follow that rather than just following what the new fad is uh, throwing something at us so so even even many times uh, um, for those uh, health conscious and diet conscious people when they tell about these things i said i will them see acharyas are very clearly listed out what is swastha hita ara one it should be consumed daily in that there is a milk and ghee it is your duty to get the right kind of milk when you are not available in the market for that reason you simply cannot just sideline all the ghee and milk in from that and very clearly acharyas has said runam krutva krutam pibe if by even making loan also you should go and take the ghee why there all these things statements are made because it has its own effects and benefits on the body of course anything is in excess definitely it's going to cause the harm it may be snigdha guna or it may be ruksha guna it may be tikshna guna it may be saumya guna so what it may be guru lagu what any gunas which is in excess will going to cause the harm we should always have a balance of all these things it may be even diet everything we need to have a balance and we need to counter check the things whether i am doing it right by watching out our height metabolic activity and body weight and how it is maintaining by week by week or maybe by month by month if everything is going right direction and even if we are maintaining all the health and as well as our alertness and everything then it is fine yeah i mean and moringa suddenly became like famous and other things there is a famous tweet by one of the one lady here said that uh, you know are we ignoring our indigenous and native fruits that are lot cheaper and nutritious fruits like falsa which is uh, called as parushaka bear badara gooseberry uh, amla and what not mulberry jamun mangosteen carambola bale bilofala should be promoted and they are being forgotten for all the you know all the fad and other New, new new exotic uh, things which come in the market and somebody some some pharmacy comes with say uh, makes a juice of it and you know throws some research at us and we just follow that forgetting our native fruits and vegetables we are already rich definitely there are local things so that's why acharya is very clearly said when you are living in a area what and all required for you most of things will be around you only so there is no need to that to go somewhere and take things if it is possible you could able to get a continental food you eat it otherwise it is always a suited a better one for you is the what the food you are genetically predisposed and your forefathers were eating and the same thing will holds good for you also so that's the reason and even for the gluten free and all these things um, i don't even um, identify them but uh, many times it so happens that people will be worried about these things those were even given in india wheat was being used in india from thousands and thousands of years suddenly how come the people are getting disease out of that wheat it is not the gluten or the wheat which is responsible it is something other than that we have got something which we don't want to consider and we are using or blaming something which is we don't know exactly is the reason for that maybe because of their genetic predisposition or maybe because of the way they eat it and the way they cook it Uh, something like that it is causing them some celiac disease or some ulcerative colitis or irritable bowel syndrome or something like that then they will go for that the gluten free diet and so many so many things otherwise if you are eating your healthy food how your mother or forefathers or your grandmother used to cook eat it accordingly if you do it i don't think so it may going to cause you any trouble and whatever it is you do it you go with a very clear line that dose of the material very clearly we need to eat only when this hungry only when there is clear cut uh, sun very clearly 
we need to eat hitabuk mitabuk chutabuk hitabuk mitabuk chutabuk so aruk only when we need to eat only good things who eat healthy eat in quantity right quantity eat in right quantity then eat only when you are hungry then you will be free from all diseases arogya will be there on the right note to end this session with this auspicious thank you i'll see you in the next one namaste